Welcome to The Vampire Squid, a podcast about increasing transparency and education in finance. This is your host, Alan Lee, and welcome to episode five of The Vampire Squid. Today, we're going to be talking about workplace etiquette. But before that, I just wanted to thank everybody again. Wow. We are currently ranked number one on the business category in iTunes and the number 12 podcast overall. This is in the matter of two, three days. This is insane. Thank you guys so much for all your help. Please continue to review, to share, to listen, everything. Just You guys rock so much. I, I'm, I'm speechless. Let's get to the number one overall, and then we can even take out Malcolm Gladwell and his podcast. How crazy would that be? You know, as always, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please feel free to visit thevampiresquid.com, and you can comment on uh, the podcast episodes or get on the contact form as well. Please also go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash thevampiresquid, and You'll receive live updates on the podcast, on news articles, on the blog. It's a, it's a great medium for staying connected on the Vampire Squid. And just to note, I will actually be traveling to I'll be traveling to Beijing tomorrow through through the next few days at least. So we'll be out of pocket. And uh, please don't be offended if I can't respond to your emails as quickly as I have been doing. And just from the sheer amount of emails as well it's it's more than a full-time job just to uh just to respond to all the all the great feedback and the suggestions that i've been getting but you know please be patient and uh please continue listening keep the feedback coming it's uh it's very much appreciated so today's episode was actually sparked by my friend and uh and listener Jared Baker he suggested that he really wish he knew about workplace etiquette um, before he started his internship and, uh, you know, before he would start a, a full-time job. So I, I wanted to cover this episode today and I want to structure it by, you know, talking about some of the things that are pretty crucial during your first impressions. This is your first day, first couple weeks, maybe even first month on the job. And then, you know, once you start hitting that groove, how to navigate some of the workplace politics. And I'll provide a few examples of scenarios where, um, you know, workplace politics might come into play. So now you got your, you know, your dream job, your dream offer, or your, um, you know, dream internship or full time. You're about to go to work next week. Uh, you're nervous. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to expect. How, how do you navigate this? What do you do on the first day? How do you, how do you frame the mindset? So the first thing that I think is very important to talk about is the work that you're going to get. So with any job that you go to, you're most likely going to get an assignment, a project, a deal uh, that you're going to have to work on you know, for the next week or the next month, however long. The most important thing in first impressions is to get things done perfectly and timely. And I said those in the order of importance. So it's better to get it done perfectly than really quick. Um, but if you can get it perfectly and quick, that's the best. And 
your first assignments aren't going to be the most exciting of things. Your first assignment is not going to be that $30 billion M&A takeover. Your first assignment might be something like creating company profiles or reading through the SEC and teasing out knowledge there. It might be formatting pages. These things aren't exciting, but if you can't get the small stuff done really well and in a timely fashion, your superiors and your managers aren't going to trust you with the more complex, the more advanced uh, jobs. So, I mean, I've, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've obviously had to work, you know, for associates, for VPs, for MDs, uh, and I've had to work with interns as well who, you know, quote unquote, reported up to me. And what I've noticed with the best interns is they're the ones that get the work done very perfectly and in a reasonable and timely fashion. You know, that being said, obviously don't rush through your work just to get it done quickly, because if you make mistakes, then your superior is going to have to provide comments and it's going to take at least double the time, right? So it's more important to get it done perfectly, but uh, in a timely fashion is also very much appreciated because, you know, they're probably waiting on you for to get the work done. Um, you might be preventing them for going to the gym or to dinner with uh, with friends. So Getting it done perfectly and timely is the first thing that I wanted to talk about. The second thing that I want to talk about is communication. This is so important and senior people love over-communication. They, they just feel at ease for some reason when you're over-communicating and keeping them updated on what you're doing, how long it's taking, when you'll be finished. I would say 90% of people under-communicate. Maybe 5% do it correctly, and then 5% over-communicate. So, I mean, when in doubt, send that extra email. When in doubt, visit the office. And I wouldn't stop this until your associate or VP is like, Alan, you need to to take a chill pill. I just got 50 emails from you in the last 30 minutes. That's, That's way too much. I don't need to know every time you go to the bathroom. This is not kindergarten. But unless you get that type of email, lean towards over-communicating, especially during the first, uh, the first few months. You'll start to establish a rapport with your seniors and you know, sort of understand how they operate. Obviously, some people like a lot of over-communication. Some people like just the right amount. Some people even m- might like a little bit under-communication. But for the first few weeks, even month or so, I would focus on making sure communication is, is, is very clear and um, you're making your superiors feel at ease. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is getting coffee. So in finance especially, and I'm, I'm sure with other jobs, people love to get coffee. I think on average, people drink at least three cups of it a day. Personally, I don't drink coffee. I only drink it socially. Um, I only drink tea socially. I, I normally just get water, but for about 80 plus percent of the office, everybody drinks coffee. And you should take advantage of that. What I mean by that is go get coffee with your colleagues. Go on that coffee break, you know, with your fellow analysts, with your associate. Establish uh, a connection with them, you know. Get outside of the office. Make sure you have good relationships. Also, with the senior people, make sure you get coffee with them too. They have much more experience than you do. And they've seen many things that, you know, you couldn't have seen because of your age difference. And the advice that they can give you is 
more likely than not going to be very valuable to your advancement in your career and how you think about making those decisions when you have to when they come. Personally, I, I think I was a pretty I did a pretty bad job of this during my internship. Um, you know, I didn't really go get coffee with uh, with the senior people, probably because I didn't really even drink coffee. But you know, I think that was in my feedback. They were saying, "Hey, you should reach out to senior people, learn about their career track, you know, how they got to where they are." Um, I mean, these are some of the most respected people, you know, in Silicon Valley, and you know, for for you guys, it might be some of the most respected people in your industry or your area. And people are clamoring for senior people's times. I mean, startups, Fortune 500 companies, they always want to jump on the phone with some of the partners at the firm, with some of the managing directors. So if you can take advantage of getting on their calendar and getting that coffee with them for five minutes or 10 minutes, you might learn something extremely valuable you might establish a connection with them. They might become your mentor. This is probably one of the most underrated things in any job, establishing relationships with, uh, with people that you admire and with uh, people that you can have a very mutually beneficial relationship. I know that I definitely got my mentor through having coffee, through having some tea. Um, and also, And also one thing I wanted to note is if you have a better personal relationship with them, you know, a relationship outside of the office on, on a deeper level, you know, you understand things about their personal lives, about their families, they understand, you know, your motivations, your goals, this will more likely than not result in a better working relationship too. I mean, unless you do something incredibly outrageous or ridiculous, you know, during your, your coffee, your coffee chat with them, it's going to benefit your working relationship as well because you know you've established a connection with them. So those are a couple of things that come to mind immediately um, that I wish I knew when I first started out on the job and I wish someone had had given me this advice because I would have uh, navigated it a little bit differently but you know with my experience um, you know for the past couple of years I think these are some of the the key things to do especially you know very early on in your career when you start at your first job or if you're transitioning to another new job. So now you've, you know, you've, you've been on the job for, you know, a few months, you've started to start to hit a groove and now you're going to encounter things like workplace politics. And, you know, how do you, how do you navigate this? Because workplace politics is, is everywhere. It's in the office, it's at the company offsite, it's it's out of the office by how you respond to emails. It's this intangible thing that is that is everywhere. Um, so I, I was thinking about the best way to sort of explain workplace politics, and I think a good a good way to do that is to provide some scenarios. And um, you know, in these scenarios, you can think or you can learn. You know how I or you know how people would think through the process of making these decisions because ultimately that's what it is. It's, you know, making educated decisions um, when you're navigating these workplace politics. So for example, it is maybe Thursday night at 6 p.m. And, you know, your vice president has asked for something to be due later that night. And it's 6 p.m. And you have this office happy hour at 6.30 p.m. down at the local bar. You know that a lot of people are going to be there. Uh, you know, what do you do in that case? Do you 
not go to the happy hour and get the work done, you know, earlier? Or do you go to the happy hour and, um, you know, get the work done a little bit later? I would say nine times out of 10, go to the happy hour. And even if that's just for 30 minutes or an hour, you know, the reason I say that is because the VP said, you know, get it to me sometime tonight. It obviously didn't seem too urgent. And the difference between you sending the VP something at 8.30 p.m. versus 9 versus 9.30 p.m. when it's not urgent is is negligible. It doesn't matter. But what you gain from going to the happy hour, and this ties into a little bit of what I was talking about before, you get to establish relationships with your peers, with your colleagues, and with your uh, senior people. You know, you get to learn about their lives outside of the office. And as I mentioned before, a better personal relationship, I think, always results in a better working relationship. So the benefits of going to that happy hour or that company event, what have you, doesn't have to be a happy hour, it's just an example, severely outweighs the benefits of sending a certain assignment 30 minutes or an hour later. Now, it's nine times out of 10 because, you know, maybe one times out of 10, it doesn't make sense to go the happy hour because, you know, it is extremely urgent or you might have other plans that night that you want to attend to, um, which, which is fine. But I would say overall, if you are faced with the decision of, you know, getting work done a little bit quicker or, you know, spending a little bit more time with your, your workplace colleagues and superiors, I would go with the latter nine times out of 10. A second scenario. So you're, you're on the job and you're going to get upset about things. So you're upset about a certain situation or you're upset about someone that is, uh, that has blown up your evening. So maybe it's Friday night at 10 PM or 8 PM. And, uh, you know, a, a VP says, Hey, I'm going to need these 15 company profiles done, um, tonight it's for a Tuesday meeting. Um, and in this scenario, you also were going to get dinner with your girlfriend or boyfriend. And if you do these profiles, you're not going to be able to do that because it's 38 p.m. What do you do? What do you do in the situation? Do you suck it up and just do the work, cancel on your significant other, or not do the work and go get dinner and, um, you know, maybe have the, uh, the senior person get mad at you. In this scenario, I think the most important thing that's a preventative measure at first is communication. So I would assume that this VP, if they're a decent VP and an understanding person and respect junior people's time, if they know that you have a dinner with your significant other, they will more likely than not say, that is completely fine get it to me on Saturday or even Sunday, enjoy your dinner with your significant other. I don't want to be a hindrance to this because the meeting's on Tuesday. This is not that urgent. That's why communication is so key because you cannot blame the VP or your senior person for not knowing about your schedule. You need to make it clear what you are doing and what's important to you. Your relationships outside of the office are very important. Don't think that just because it's work, it always takes precedent over your personal life. So now, what about uh, an, you know, an even deeper scenario? So maybe they do know about that you have uh, this dinner with your significant other, but they still want it done tonight, 
and they don't want you to go to the dinner and it's for a meeting on Tuesday. This is when you have to stand up for yourself. This is when you have to ask, why is this necessary? The meetings on Tuesday, it's a Friday night. This is not a necessary thing to do. And it obviously displays a lack of respect for your time. And if you don't respect your own time, other people aren't going to respect your time either. You have to stand up for yourself in these situations and just ask them why. Maybe they have a very good reason, but in this scenario, it doesn't seem like there's a good reason. If you do stand up for yourself, then you're most likely going to gain that respect of that person, no matter how much of a hard ass they might be. But if you don't stand up for yourself, people aren't going to stand up for you. Now, let's say that you do stand up for yourself and this uh, certain person just is not having it and forces you to do the work. This is when it needs to be communicated to the top. It needs to be communicated to your staffer. That's not acceptable. You just do not want to be working with someone that has an absolute lack of respect for your time. Um, I mean, that's that's all I really have to say about that. It's, And, I, and I'm sure a lot of you have encountered scenarios like this. But you need to stand up for yourself. Um, you need to respect yourself before other people respect you. Now, let's say that, you know, with all these workplace etiquette, workplace politics, maybe, you know, you haven't been performing these to the, to the top notch. Maybe you haven't been going to all the happy hours or getting coffee with the right people. You know, what, what happens? I would say hard work and dedication to the job trumps all business etiquette, office politics, what have you. If you put in your 100% effort into the job day in and day out, you will ultimately, in the end, be recognized for that, guaranteed. It will ultimately shine through. Someone will vouch for you. It will show up in a review. Something will happen and you will be recognized for it. Now, you know, some of you might say, why do I even have to worry about workplace etiquette or politics? What if I'm, you know, great hard worker, I put my effort into some everything, I stay till 3am every night, um, you know, you said it'll ultimately shine through. Yes, I did say that. But if you combine hard work and dedication with, you know, being aware of office politics and, you know, workplace etiquette, your life is going to be so much better. Because you'll be recognized for your hard work and dedication a lot earlier, you'll get better projects. And, you know, you won't be miserable because you're not recognized for the work that you're doing. You know, I've seen this firsthand. Some of the most hardworking people at the firm were not recognized for their work and for their dedication to the firm because they didn't navigate these successfully, these, uh, these workplace politics and workplace etiquette. And it was, you know, it was really sad to see because they deserve the respect of the most senior people and the recognition. But just because of you know this etiquette and this politics, they didn't receive that. And that's why I thought this episode is so important because I know many of you are very, very hard workers and very dedicated to doing the right job, producing the best work. But if you don't combine that with the things that I mentioned prior, you might be very miserable in the job because you're not recognized for the work. I want everyone to be recognized for the great job that they do. And if you can combine hard work and navigating these politics successfully, you will have a very successful career. I I can almost guarantee it. So I think that covers this episode for, you know, workplace etiquette. 
But I also know that with every type of workplace scenario or politics that come into play, it's unique. There's no way to cover every single scenario. So if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to comment on this episode, you know, or go to thevampiresquid.com slash contact if you if you want to get in touch personally. You know, as mentioned before, I'll actually be in Beijing for the next few days. So we'll have intermittent access to the internet and to email. So please do not be offended if I don't respond as quickly as I have been. Um, and just also by the sheer amount of volume that I've been getting, it's it's becoming very difficult to respond to everybody. But please don't get offended. Um, keep the feedback coming. I love it. I definitely read every single email that I am receiving. Um, if you have any more questions, visit my website, thevampiresquid.com. And until next time on The Vampire Squid, thank you all so much for listening again. Please share. Please review. You guys are the best. We're number one on the business podcast, number 12 overall. Let's get to number one overall. Thank you so much and ciao.